Amen. I have I have one verse of scripture. You you can be seated. I have actually a couple of passages of scripture um, that I'd like to read, kind of as a starting point. The first one is in Judges chapter two and verse nineteen. Now up to up to this point in chapter one and the first eighteen verses of chapter two. They have been making this transition in the time of the death of Joshua. And so now the Lord is, is transitioning the nation. There's not a king yet. Joshua, Joshua is passing. And the Lord begins to raise up a series of judges. Now, these are not people with robes behind a bench. These are people like Samson and Jephthah that fought great wars and they delivered God's people from the hand of their adversaries. But they were there to keep the nation in check. I need you to focus here tonight. I'm, I'm going to talk, I'm going to teach to everybody in this place. I'm going to teach to your human nature. We've got some wonderful, wonderful people around greater faith. But every single one of the people that we have are human beings. We're all human beings, and we are striving for the mastery. We want to be saved. But you can't just put your relationship with God on autopilot and ignore things in your life that are impeding your progress with God and could possibly, ultimately, keep you out of heaven. And that's what we're here for. It came to pass when the judge was dead. This is whatever judge was leading Israel at the time. When the judge was dead, when that particular judge had died before the next one came along, that the people returned and corrupted themselves more than their fathers in following other gods to serve them and to bow down unto them. They ceased not from their own doings. They ceased not from their own doings, nor from their stubborn way. Everybody say their stubborn way. That's my subject tonight. I want to talk to you about the way of stubbornness. This, um, this journey that the Lord has us on, learning of him, separating ourselves from the world. Now, I may not do a whole lot of, you know, rah-rah tonight, so you can amen even if the decibel level is, and you don't have to like start immediately. You got to have something to amen, but <laughs> I got some amens on that, that you've got to have something to amen. But it is, it's, it's far more complex, I think, than we give it credit for a lot of times. And God is far more strict about his expectations of us than we think that he is a lot of times because we live in a dispensation of the grace of God. And so the Lord has extended great mercy to us. And many times there is not an immediate penalty for the mistakes that we make or because we were disobedient, or because we, we got a bad spirit, because we came, became unfaithful, because we stopped giving or we stopped praying. And so time passes, nothing bad happens, and our flesh deceives us into believing that it's not that big of a deal. And it's not until way down the line when... The wheel comes off and things begin to come unraveled 
or hell is breaking loose. Sometimes that is a test. Everything's a test, right? But sometimes that's a test even though we have been doing everything right. But a lot of times it is the culmination of our bad decisions and bad actions that have caught up with us. And then we get all tied up in a knot about it. And we get upset with us and whoever else we feel like we can blame and, and God and everything else. But really... It comes down to the fact that every single one of us have a will and we become self-willed at times. In Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verse 27, I'm going, to, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture here tonight so that you understand the magnitude of this subject. 927, remember thy servants Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. This is Moses saying to the Lord because He's getting ready to wipe out the people of God. And Moses is playing mediator, and he said, don't, don't look unto the stubbornness of this people, nor to their wickedness, nor to their sin. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Lest the land whence thou broughtest out say, because the Lord was not able to bring them into the land which he promised them, and because he hated them, he hath brought them out to slay them in the wilderness, yet they are thy people and thine inheritance which thou broughtest out by thy mighty power and by thy stretched out arm. Now imagine what it, was, what it had taken to bring the Lord to the place where he's just going to wipe out the whole nation, millions of them. I mean, there was... Estimated somewhere between three and four and a half million Hebrews that were traveling through the wilderness. And God said, I'm done with it. And Moses said, I know they're being stubborn right now. But we're not going to let Pharaoh rejoice and we're not going to let the Egyptians rejoice and say that you were not able to bring your people in. And if you if you haven't discovered this yet, if you... If you study that journey through the wilderness trek, it's us. It's us. We're not different from them. I mean, we're looking at them and go, are you kidding me right now? God's part, man, if God would have parted the Red Sea for me, I would have never behaved like that. You would have behaved like that by Tuesday. Because we're stubborn that way. And our human will causes us to forget what the Lord has, has done for us. In Acts chapter 17, verse 27, the Bible said that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like in a gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere. All men everywhere. That's all encompassing to repent. Now, in the Living Bible, it says, verses 30 and 31, like this, God tolerated man's past ignorance about these things, but now he commands everyone to put away idols and worship only him. For he has set a day for justly judging the world. This is New Testament. He is saying to the people, back then, God judged, and there were things that happened to the nat uh, nation but it could have been much worse. He winked at it. He tolerated it because the fullness of God's plan had not culminated yet. Christ had not come. The cross had not transpired. But he said he commandeth everyone everywhere now to repent. For he has set a judge for justly or a day for justly judging the world by the man he has appointed and has pointed him out by bringing him back to life again. And of course, he's talking about Christ. 
So in other words, the Lord expects and requires more of us. It is the mindset of Jesus said, you've heard, thou shalt not commit adultery, but I say unto you, if you even look upon a woman to lust, thou hast committed adultery already in your heart. You have heard, thou shalt not kill, but I say unto you that if you're angry with your brother without a cause, basically it's the same as, as murder. Now, there's, there's no sense in us putting, putting up a brave front here tonight. There's no sense in it. We, we cannot fall prey to the mindset of the world and especially the world of religion that tells us, you know what, I mean, it's, it's impossible. We, we can't behave. We can't do right. Just do the best you can. Just go to church, drop some coins in the, in the pot and and uh, treat your neighbor right and bake a cake for somebody every once in a while. Serve a little bit once a quarter at the soup kitchen. Make sure you're blessing the poor and things like that and everything will fall in place. That's not the way it's going to happen. We have to intentionally deal with our self-willed nature. Now that word self-willed means self-pleasing. And it denotes one who dominated by self-interest and inconsiderate of others, arrogantly asserts his own will, self-willed. One so far overvaluing any determination at which he has himself once arrived that he will not be removed from it. His opinion is higher than everybody's, even God's, even the Scripture. It amazes me how carnal people all of a sudden come to the greatest revelation they've ever had in the scripture. Are y'all here tonight? It's amazing to me. People get more and more and more and more carnal, and now all of a sudden they have this great revelation that no one has ever had before. It's not a revelation. It is the exercise of their self-willed nature. I have found a scripture that I'm going to hold on to that's going to justify my lifestyle. Now, in every generation, you know, I, I said recently that what one generation tolerates, the, the next generation embraces. I didn't come up with that, but many have said it before. What one generation tolerates, the next generation embraces. We, as grown folk, have a responsibility to make sure that the next generation does not have a weaker gospel and that they do not have a lower level of conviction. Now, there's, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people that, that talk about, well, that's that's old-fashioned. You know, we, it's, that's just old-fashioned, you know, and, and they are absolutely correct. It is so old-fashioned, it goes back literally thousands of years. It, it doesn't go back 50 years. It goes back thousands of years. You ever notice that God only, God only wrote one Bible? He only gave us one Bible. Nobody has added to this scripture in nearly 2,000 years. Have you ever noticed that? And, and we say that something that somebody believed back in the 50s is old-fashioned. It's not old-fashioned if it lines up with the Scripture. Now, now, if it's something that somebody woke up one day and thought it would be a great idea and they turned a man's tradition into a law or something like that, then that may be a little bit different. You say, well, we got to change the gospel with the times. We absolutely do not have to change the gospel with the times. We don't. The gospel doesn't need any, any window dressing. Now, yeah, we sing different songs, and yeah, we, you know, the building looks different, and fashions change, and all that kind of stuff. And you say, well, you know, it just, you just, people will not receive the gospel like that anymore. Well, then every single one of them will be lost. There's not going to be another gospel. 
and there's not going to be another word. And let me say this, God is not going to change his word for your children. He's not going to do it. You can amen, and I'm sorry, I'm not doing backflips here tonight. We're, we're headed somewhere. I, I was uh, struck today with a reality, and I've read and studied this many times. I don't really have a new revelation on it. It just, it was a new refreshing, a refresher for me. It was emphasized to me stronger today than it has been in a while. What Jacob went through at the time of his passing, Jacob had 12 sons. At the time of his passing, you know, at the time of your passing, you want to be loving everybody and telling everybody good news and just tell them that your life's going to be wonderful and everything's going to be great and all that. But a prophetic word came out of Jacob's mouth. And in Genesis 20, uh, 49, the scripture said, Jacob called unto him his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. This is in the first book of the Bible. He said, I'm going to tell you what's going to befall you in the last days. Now, what he is about to prophesy was based on their actions. This is what was coming to them, and not only to them, but their children, their grandchildren, and all of their ancestors for generations to come. He said, until the last days. I'm going to tell you the direction that your life is going to go because of your actions. In verse 3, it said, Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power, unstable as water. Thou shalt not excel. What a word to leave to your son, especially to your oldest son. But we cannot get into the business of blessing what God is cursing. It's wrong if somebody else's kid does it, but it's not wrong if our kid does it. But there was, there was an importance here. There was a gravity about the situation. And Jacob, in his dying breath was going to make sure that their destiny was pronounced according to what God said. I'm going to tell you something. When we can't do anything to help our kids, I promise you God knows how to get a hold of them. And if you will stop petting on their sin and you will stop patronizing them and feeling sorry for them and be, treating them like they're pitiful and leave them in the hands of God, God knows exactly how to turn those kids back to the kingdom of God. I'm not getting everybody on that one. Do we have any perfect parents here? Didn't think so. Do we have any perfect kids here? Didn't think so. All of us are imperfect, but he is perfect. And so when that which is imperfect is limited and we fail and the kid becomes stubborn and the child becomes stubborn, amen. We don't just write them off and lock them in a room somewhere and say, hope everything turns out all right. We continue to parent them and we continue to correct them and we continue to teach them right from wrong. I'm talking about stubbornness. Because stubbornness comes with a spirit. It is a devil. It will tear your house up. And moms and dads have to stand for what's right and not pet on their disobedience and act like it's okay when God said if they don't straighten up, I'm going to put a curse on them. Well, I can't do anything with them. Well, have you heard a prayer? When's the last time you prayed about your kid's stubbornness? When is the last time you fell on your face and told God, I'm not getting up until something breaks in their life? Well, they're just going to do it again. They might do it again. It'll bring you back to the altar again. Then he goes to Simeon and Levi. He said, Simeon and Levi are brethren instruments of cruelty or in their habitations. O oh, my soul, come not thou into their secret 
I don't want to join myself to the conspiracies that they have going on. Unto their assembly, mine honor, be not thou united, for in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they dig down a wall. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scattered them in Israel. That's three sons that he has pronounced a terrible prophecy over. But you reap what you sow. Then he comes to Judah. And of course, Judah is a totally different story. Isn't it amazing how kids that can grow up in the same house being taught the same thing can react to the teaching and the instruction differently And I'm going to tell children and young people here tonight that your parents cannot protect you from God's wrath. They may exempt you from whatever else, but God is watching always. And can I say to adults in here tonight, if you're living a dual lifestyle and you're living one way in the church and another way out of the church, you might fool everybody in this building, but you ain't ever going to fool God. And just because you got a lot of friends in the kingdom doesn't mean that eventually God is not going to judge your stubborn ways. Now, I'm going to be nice tonight. But some of y'all crazy if you think I don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Some of the filth that comes out of some of y'all's mouth. Speaking in tongues on Sunday and Thursday and can't tell you got the Holy Ghost Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, Saturday, or Friday and Saturday. Stubbornness. I ain't changing. That's fine. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 29. And testifiest against them that thou mightest bring them again. And by the way, you may have your kids thinking it's funny, but they're not going to think it's funny forever. They're going to lose respect for you. Stop talking like that. It said, and testifies against them, against them that thou mightest bring them again unto thy law. Yet they dealt proudly and hearken not. They dealt proudly and hearken not unto thy commandments, but sinned against thy judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them, and withdrew the shoulder and hardened their neck and would not hear. They withdrew the shoulder, they hardened their neck, and they would not hear. They shut their ears, and they were stiff-necked. Now I'm going to tell you something. Only God knows if you're Subject to leadership, truly subject. Only God knows if you're submitted to this pulpit. Well, I don't, I don't believe we got to be. Well, that's fine. But you're going to pay the price for it. Everybody's got to answer to somebody. That's why I have a pastor. Your bishop has a pastor, has a bishop. Amen. There is a covering. There is a chain of accountability. Amen. Shame on you if you act one way in, your, in front of your bishop's face and talk about him like a junkyard dog behind his back. I'm not talking about myself in the third person. I'm talking about the office. You, you don't have to like the person, but you better respect the position. There is a chain of command in the kingdom of God. This is a kingdom, not a, a democracy. My God, if you can't refrain from talking negative about your bishop, who can you refrain from talking negative about? And I hadn't heard anything. I just know human nature. And what I'm talking about tonight is the stubbornness of the human nature that we have to deal with. Now, you can be seated. I done got you nervous now. I'm preaching a little conviction in here tonight because some of y'all have left your relationship with God and this has become nothing more than mechanical. Well, I, you don't know how much I work. 
Well, I'm going to tell you, I hope they have that kind of job in hell. Because you're not going to make it without a prayer life. If you're too busy to pray, you're too busy. If you're working too much to pray, you better find another job or cut back the hours. Well, I don't have to do that. That's right. That's exactly what your stubborn person wants you to believe. The men of this church are supposed to be the priest of the home. The wives aren't supposed to be leading the home with prayer. Well, they got time to do that. Your wife don't have near as much time as you do. She runs around constantly with her, like a chicken with her head cut off, taking care of 47,000 things that would go to pot if you had to do it because you've only got one thing on your mind and that's making a dollar or, or fixing something or doing this. But don't you forget the altar. That altar, it's getting tight in here right now. The tighter you get, the harder I'm going to preach. This altar right here is where you die to your will. Somebody better loosen up your neck. You're getting a little stiff neck. You are not good enough to get to heaven without prayer. I'm getting some blank stares. That's all right. Zechariah chapter 7 verse 11. But they refused to hearken and pulled away the shoulder and stopped their ears that they should not hear. Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone lest they should hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts has sent in his spirit by the former prophets. Therefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. Therefore it has come to pass that as he cried, they would not hear, so they cried, and I would not hear, saith the Lord of hosts. He said that's Old Testament. No, no. This is Old and New Testament. Just because God is more patient with you does not mean he's changed his feelings about sin and about stubbornness. Stubbornness is as idolatry. And rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. It doesn't matter if you're 85 or 8 and a half. Stubbornness and rebellion are the enemies of the presence of God. Now, I understand we're live streaming and people don't think, well, man, my goodness, those people right there, yeah, they have a great pastor, don't they? That'll tell them the truth. Well, though, man, he, he's abusive. No, I'm not. What I'm trying to do is play the mediator here tonight and try to shake you out of that bed of comfort that you're in so that the wrath of God doesn't have to come down on your life. I'm preaching to some people in this place. We've only got one shot at heaven. And if we miss it, we miss it. There's not another chance to get there. There's not a plan B. We've got to make every moment count in this world. And we've got to lay our will down and get rid of our self-will and apologize to God for being stubborn. I need an altar in my life. We cannot live in the way of stubbornness. You can be seated. Isaiah chapter 46 and 12. Hearken unto me, you stout-hearted that are far from righteousness. God sees Ezekiel chapter 2 and verse 4, for they are impudent children and stiff-hearted. I do send thee unto them, and thou shalt say unto them. This is Ezekiel. Ezekiel, I'm sending you unto a people that are impudent and stiff-hearted. And you shall say, thus saith the Lord God, and they and they, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are a rebellious house, yet shall know that there hath been a prophet among them. They're not going to be lost saying, I didn't send them a messenger. Deuteronomy 21 and 18. If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, watch this. Thank God we're not under the law, huh? The problem is there is a judgment day coming. If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother and that when they have chastened him will not hearken unto them, then shall his father and his mother lay hold on him and bring him out unto the elders of his city and unto the gate at his place 
of his place, and they shall say unto the elders of the city, This is our son. This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard, and all the men of his city shall stone him with stones that he die. So shalt thou put evil away from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. Now, I don't know about you, but my dad didn't take me to the ice cream shop when I was acting a fool. Here, Bubba, a little ice cream cone will make you be better. You're back-talking me, and you're rebellious, and you can't obey the rules, and you disrespect for your mom. What can I do for you, baby, to make you feel better? You can leave them alone is what you can do. And you can let God get a hold of them. I know some of y'all wonder what in the world has happened on Thursday night. You don't need to wonder. I hadn't heard anything. I'm telling you what the Holy Ghost is telling me to tell this church. Because I'm going to tell you something. I'm not going to stand before God and God look at me and say, why didn't you preach what I told you to preach? Why didn't you say what I, you thought you knew what to say and how to say it and all that? And there was about 10 people in there, and it's more than 10 tonight, but there was about 10 people in there that if you'd have said what I told you to say and said it the way I told you to say it, I might could have reached them, but because you changed my message and changed my delivery, I couldn't get a hold of them, and now they're lost, and I want to know why you didn't preach it that way. I'm telling you, folks, there's heaven or hell, and there's one chance, and when you wind up in hell, there's no exit. There's no exit to that place. Well, you're making me feel uncomfortable. I hope to God I'm making you feel uncomfortable. I am begging some people in this place to turn your televisions off. Put your phones down or do whatever you got to do to find some time to get to the house of the Lord and get along with God and for the first time in a real long time, get in the presence of God and repent of carnality and stubbornness. Well, I go to church on Thursday and Sunday. That's right. And God don't hardly know you exist the other five days of the week. My God, have mercy. Do you understand the days that we're living in? Do you understand the lie that's being perpetrated on this world? Do you understand the deception and the cloak of the enemy that is blinding the minds of people? And here we sit in the presence of God. Well, that just ain't me. I just It better be you. You better find a way to an altar. You better find a way to fall at the feet of Calvary and say, God, I've got to have you. i got to need you. I know right now some of y'all just trying to shrug it off. It's been a while. You can be seated. It's been a while since I've pastored like this. I, I am begging this church to pray. I'm begging you to pray. Well, well, I pray at home. That's hogwash. That's hogwash. You pray at home with about 47,000 interruptions. And you don't pray at home like you pray here. Well, I pray in my car. You don't pray in your car like you pray in the house of the Lord. What is so hard about getting in your car and coming to this sanctuary and finding you a corner somewhere and crying out to the Lord and say, God, I've got to have you. Do you understand that people can be here today and gone next week because the Lord will finally say you're dead weight in this place? I can't use you anymore because you don't want to be used and I need you to make room for somebody else. Don't get tied on me. I'm preaching to some moms and dads and young people in this place tonight. Don't live in the way of stubbornness. <laughs> Psalm 78 and 8 and might not be as their fathers a stubborn and rebellious generation a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. Jeremiah 5 and 21, hear now this, O foolish people, and without understanding, which have eyes and see not, which have ears and hear not, fear you not me, saith the Lord. Will you not tremble at my presence, which have placed the sand for the bound of the sea by a perpetual decree, that it cannot pass it, 
And though the waves thereof toss themselves, yet can they not prevail. Though they roar, yet they, uh, can they not pass over it. The waves cannot do anything that I don't allow them to do is what he's saying. But this people have a revolting and a rebellious heart that are revolted and gone. Neither say they in their heart, let us now fear the Lord our God that giveth rain, both the former and the latter in his season. He reserveth unto us the appointed weeks of the harvest. Your iniquities have turned away these things, and your sins have withheld good things from you. Now, there's some people that, that had this been six months ago, they would be here to hear this message. But the reason they're not here tonight is because they met a man that they think they're in love with. And I hope to God you're watching online. Why don't you just go ahead and bury your whole family? Why don't you just go ahead and just look your children in the eye and say, Hey, look, I've decided we're all going to hell because I can't live without this deadbeaten man that doesn't want to serve God because I've got to have a husband. People will sell their soul over one morsel of food. Over a date, over a marriage certificate, over a job, a career, an education, a dollar. Do you hear me tonight? I, I, I'm telling you right now, I am trying to protect this church body from what is about to happen. You have not served God long enough to be as carnal as you are right now. And God, look away from it. You are living in the way of stubbornness. Well, I got my own interpretation of Scripture, and you'll be lost with that same interpretation. Well, I don't think it has to be that way. Well, I just don't. Well, that doesn't make sense to me. Well, I don't know. He, you know, he's a dictator. He, he thinks he knows everything. No, I think God knows everything. And I believe that everything he knows is in this book. And I'm preaching his book. And I'm telling you right now, don't let grace deceive you into thinking you're okay when you're not okay. If you're smoking, stop it. If you're drinking, stop it. If you're whoring around, quit it. If you're looking at pornography, stop it. If you're cussing, stop it. Quit coming to church and acting like the devil. Now I'm going to give you 60 seconds to praise the Lord right now because I'm trying to turn your, your heart toward the Lord. I'm not near about done, but I'm going to tell you right now. If you think that God is going to overlook your nasty habit just because you come here and worship a couple of times a week, you have lost your mind. It is time to clean some things out of your life and quit being stubborn about the change that you know that you need to make in your life. Quit arguing with God. Quit resisting the pulpit. Quit pushing back. Stay out of the casino. Stop gambling. Stop buying lottery tickets. If you're going to live for God, live for God. Some of you husbands and wives need to stop cussing each other out. You can be seated. I'm not angry. I'm begging you. This is not 
daycare. Do you realize that right this very moment, the trumpet could sound? Right this very moment. Right this very moment. And there would not be an opportunity to repent. Well, God understands. I'm going to tell you what God understands. God understands that he robed himself in flesh and was tortured so that we could be free. From the mess that is out there in the world. That's what he understands. Paul talked about crucifying the son afresh. Son of God afresh. Crucify him again. Every time we go back to what God has pulled us out of. Well I need that. I'm stressed. You need the Holy Ghost to give you rest is what you need. Well I need that to settle my nerves. What you need is a prayer meeting. A real prayer meeting. Not where you're trying to discern the direction of the wind. Not where you're trying to, to tell God everything on your wish list. But where you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And say, God, I'm nothing but dust. And I need you to turn the fire, the consuming fire of your spirit on my soul. And I need you to burn everything out of me that doesn't belong. I need you to take these unclean, impure thoughts out of my mind. I need you to take this ridiculous speaking out of my mouth. I need you to take this vulgarity out of my life. I need you, Lord God, to help me to quit sneaking around. I need that's the kind of prayer meeting that we need in here. Come on, there ain't no retirement from the altar. Coming to church, laying out of church. Come for a while. God's not as good as you thought it was going to be, so you quit coming. Well, I just can't get motivated enough to come. That's okay. That's all right. You need no motivation to go to hell. Once it's done, it's done. You won't need to be motivated, disciplined, or none of that. It's no problem. You're telling me. You're telling me. But because you're tired or because you're discouraged or because God hadn't answered all of your prayers yet, you can't put your shoes on your feet and your clothes on your back and get in your car and come down to this building Three times a week, that's what you're telling me. Because I've been doing this for a long time, 20 years. My wife and I have been doing this, and we've heard all the sob stories. Guess what? We go through hell too. Guess what? We carry burdens too. Guess what? We have unanswered prayers too. Guess what? We have people talk about us too. We have disappointments too. We get letters in the mail we didn't count on too. We go through low financial times too. We go through it all. We go through frustrations with life and domestic life. And we have all the challenges that everybody else has. And we're not doing this because we get paid to do it. You know, I know pastor's pastor's wives that don't even come to church half the time. So don't tell me she comes every time the doors open. And is in this church nearly every day praying because she gets paid for it. Because she don't get paid a dime. There, you... There, you're not, you are not going to go to heaven sucking your thumb and worried about all the stuff that's going wrong and nobody has it as bad as me and I don't understand why God never does anything for me I'm going to tell you something if you can't do anything but come to this house and say God I love you just because you don't have to do another thing for me God I'm going to praise you anyway because there is a reward that's coming there is something that God has in store for us This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. You can be seated. There's not not a drug that is worth leaving this over. (laughs) People fall off the map and everybody in the world is trying to cover for them. You're an addict. And until... You stop thinking that your sin is okay. Well, I only fall off the wagon every once in a while. Well, I hope that the trumpet don't sound in one of those seasons where you fall off the wagon. And guess what? You fell off the wagon not because uh, you had a bad day. It's because you weren't doing what you were supposed to do. I 
I'm trying to save some people in this place tonight. Well, I just don't think you ought to be preaching to me that way. Too bad. Living in the way of stubbornness. I'm going to do this my way. I'm going to do it on my schedule. I'm going to give what I want to give. I'm going to be involved in what I want. How do you come to church every week? How do you do that? How do you come to church every week and never lift a finger to help anybody around here? How do you do that and think you're going to heaven? How do you come in here and just sit and worship God and never help anybody? Never get involved in anything. Never ask, how can I help? Never want to lead anybody. How do you do that and think you're going to be saved in a kingdom where the primary message is servitude? God needs to do something with us tonight. Deuteronomy 29 and 18. Lest there should be among you man or woman or family or tribe whose heart turneth away this day from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of these nations. Lest there should be among you a root that beareth gall and wormwood. And it come to pass when he, bear, when he heareth the words of this curse that he bless himself in his heart. Listen. It come to pass when he heard these words, uh, the words of the curse, you can't curse me. I'm blessing myself, saying I shall have peace. Though I walk in the imagination of my heart to add drunkenness to thirst, the Lord will not spare him. Then the anger of the Lord and his jealousy shall smoke against that man, and all the curses that are written in this book shall lie upon him, and the Lord shall blot out his name from under heaven. And the Lord shall separate him unto evil out of all the tribes of Israel according to all the curses of the covenant that are written in the book of the law so that the generation to come of your children that shall rise up after you and the stranger that shall come from a far land shall say when they see the plagues of that land and the sicknesses which the Lord hath laid upon it and that the whole land thereof is brimstone and salt and burning America is falling apart part at the seams and people are asleep and comatose and trying to find reasons to cut church services out. What is wrong with us? We are living in the days before the coming of the Son of Man and we can't even see what's happening. In Noah's generation, God saved eight souls by water. Eight, 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 eight souls. Eight, eight. I don't know how many people were in the world, but he only saved eight of them. And you want me to make my preaching a little bit more tasteful. So that you can lick it up like a banana split. There's a problem in our generation. It's called the way of stubbornness. We want to have church when we want to have church the way we want to have church. We want to do it our way. And don't you dare, God, inconvenience us. Do not inconvenience us. We've got careers to build. We've got houses to build. We've got land to buy. We've got friends to make. We've got to ascend on the ladder of success. And by the way, we've got to do that in ministry too. We, we don't ascend in the ladder of success in ministry by prayer anymore. We do it by politics and social media. 
And the more followers that we have, the higher our ministry can become. And we become Facebook famous. And the world is going to hell in a handbasket while we are intoxicated on our own arrogance and our own ego. And we think that God is okay with that. It's the way of stubbornness. I am begging some people in this place tonight. I am begging you to wake up. And please stop going in and out of the doors of this church and going home and your families are in such disarray. There's been several families in this church. I don't know how you get by every day without killing each other. But you come here. We just don't love our family. We worship you, God. But we cuss our children out. And we yell at our parents. And we throw things. And we break glass. And we tear up things. We beat our wife. Punch her in the face. God, we can come to church and worship the Lord. Look at how godly that we are. There's some people that better wake up in this place. And I'm telling you tonight. I am sending a shot across the bow of this pulpit. And I'm telling some grown men and women in this place. It's time for you to grow up. And it's time for you to wake up. And it's time to get rid of your stubbornness and stop acting like you're the holiest one in the church when your heart is full of sin and iniquity. Stare at me all you want to or you can pray. Now, I want you to leave the cameras running, please. I know right now there's a part of us that says, well, I, I, I don't want to run to the altar because I don't want anybody to think that it's me. Guess what? Everybody in the church knows it's you. God, I'm praying tonight, Lord, that you would help us to humble ourselves in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, I pray that you would move upon the hearts of people in this place tonight. In the name of the Lord Jesus, oh God, I pray that there would be a consuming fire. I pray that there would be a purging, Lord, in this place. In the name of Jesus, oh God. I pray, Lord God, that you would move upon the hearts of people in this place. In the name of the Lord God, I pray that you would break the yoke of iniquity off of people in this place. I pray that you would break the yoke of addiction off of people in this place. In the name of the Lord God, right now, i got about 10 sincere people in here. And the rest of you won't come out of pride because you're afraid that somebody will think you're not as holy as, like, as you act like you are. I am preaching against the spirit of stubbornness in this place. In the name of Jesus, oh God, I'm praying for an awakening in this hour. I'm praying for an, a, move, a moving in this hour in the name of the Lord. I pray, Father, that you would help us, God, to be the church that you died for and founded upon the rock in the book of Acts. In the name of Jesus, oh God, I pray that you would help us, Lord, in the Holy Ghost. Let your divine authority come down on us in this place in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm asking everybody that will to pray. I'm asking everybody that will to pray. I'm preaching to people and a bunch of them aren't here. But there's a bunch that are here, that are here. People that come in here and act like you're living for God, but you're not living for God. And it's not okay. You will be lost. I'm preaching. I'm trying to save some people in this place tonight. 
In the name of the Lord Jesus, oh God, I stand in the gap and make up the hedge. I'm praying, Father, right now for a visitation. I'm praying for a visitation of heaven in this sanctuary. In the name of the Lord God. Jesus in your name, Jesus in your name, God. I'm asking you, Lord, to help us not to pray conviction off of us. I'm asking you, Lord, to let conviction burn through us here tonight in the name of Jesus and take the things out of our lives that will cause us to be lost. Father, I'm praying right now, God, for a revelation and for an understanding, God, of the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. And I pray, Lord, I'm thankful for grace. But, Lord, I pray that the awe and the reverence of your presence, Lord, would come back to us in this hour, not only us here in this building, but the people of God across the world, and that the name of Jesus would be highly exalted in the earth, and that the power of the Savior would move upon the hearts of men and release the harvest of the end times and the last days in the name of the Lord Jesus. Judgment begins at the house of the Lord. I pray, God, for an awakening in our generation. I pray for a moving in our generation. I pray, God, that you would help us tonight, God, to pray in a dimension that we've never prayed before. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, hallelujah. Come on, young people. Come on, young people. Come on, young people. It's not okay to run the aisles on Sunday and smoke weed on Monday. In the name of the Lord, hallelujah. Say you're trying to scare us with the coming of the Lord. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to wake you up and get you to realize how good that God has been in your life. We owe him everything. We are bought with a price. We are not our own. Jesus in your name, Father. Jesus in your name, Father. Come on, I'm not letting up on it. Now that we're here, I'm not letting up on it. Till something breaks in this place. I'm praying, oh Lord God, that you break the back of iniquity on people's lives in this place. In the name of the Lord God, let conviction move us to pray in Jesus' name, God. Purge us, Lord, with hyssop. Make us white as snow. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Ikata la mongore be seke yandala mahara bo koto bo seke yandaha. Shelandea bayatolo bo seya. 
cayendo la bohorre mendeke a mahaya tolo bosea kia ra la 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 mahaya torre masata kiando la bohorre besete ando la bahara bacando la bosea kiando la boseke sata barakata mohorre bakaya come on i want you to pray in the spirit I want you to let the Lord take you somewhere deep. I want you to let the Lord remind you what it's like to to be saved and be blood-bought and be filled with the Holy Ghost. In the name of God Almighty, we need a fresh baptism of Holy Ghost fire. We need, oh Lord God, an awakening in Jesus' name, God. Stir our hearts, stir our minds. In Jesus' name, ayatabosikiyaha. I want you to pray like this, Father, I submit, Lord, I submit to your will. I submit to your will in every area of my life, God, not just in this building, but when I leave this building, uh, I want my steps to be ordered in the name of the Lord God. I want my mind to be pure. I want you, Lord, to take me in the right direction. I want you, Lord God, to help me in the name of Jesus. Father, in your name, Jesus, oh God, I pray, Lord, that you would transform me, Lord. Take me, Lord, through this process of transfiguration and help me, Lord, to be holy and godly in the sight of God so that the light of the glory of the gospel can shine out of my spirit, Lord, so that your glory, God, can be seen by those around me. Help me, Lord, God, not to be inconsistent, unfaithful, uncaring, and carnal in the name of Jesus, oh God, this is my this is my privilege to be in the kingdom of God. You don't owe me anything, God. I owe you everything. And I pray, God, that you would save us to the uttermost. In the name of the Lord, 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 in the name of the Lord. Hiya <laughs> Jesus, in your name, in your name, in your name, in your name, in your name. I want everybody praying. I want everybody praying, please. Ila bohore mandala makaya torre mandala mokaya torre maseke andala maha. Solamaya telemosiki elemokamaya tolomosiki elala maha. Shea landaya tea boko porre beseke andala maha ya torre masea. Ila mase elebeke alabose alabakata rabakanda la bohosa. Kilabaha 
I want you to stand with your hands lifted. I want you to pray in the spirit. That's it. Come on, let it out. Ah, In the name of Jesus, oh God. Come on, that's it. Let it out. Let it out. Let it out. In Jesus' name, God, you are worthy, Lord. I want you to praise him like the holy God that he is. I want you to surrender to him like the holy God that he is. In Jesus' name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, I want you to focus your attention only on him. Ah, Ukamaya <laughs> 